Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is our chosen podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. So today we are going to take a little bit of a journey, and the title of my message is Making a Way for Your Miracle, Making a Way for Your Miracle. You might not need a miracle today, but the day will come when you do, because there is a time in all of our lives when we need a miracle. Just to let me know how many of you today are believing the Lord for something that will take a miraculous intervention to accomplish. That is a good majority of you. So, as I've studied the scripture, especially the gospels, I see there are patterns. There are patterns that the people that receive miracles followed in order to access the virtue of Jesus Christ. And since he hasn't changed, those patterns haven't changed either. And as we Gain knowledge of the word of God. How many of you know that God's people are destroyed for lack of knowledge? As we gain knowledge of the word of God, we can access that same power. But the problem is here in America, we are so used to convenience. We're so used to holding everything in the palm of our hands. We're so used to what technology offers. And although I am very, very grateful for doctors and medicine, how many of you know sometimes it just doesn't work? I've told the story many times of a gentleman who went to Haiti. He was a a very big man. He was like six foot five. Now, I'm five foot five, and when I have to look up to someone, they're really tall. And he was just a big foreboding presence, and I literally had to look up to talk to him. And when he got back from doing a mission trip to Haiti, he was sharing about how he saw blind people see. He saw deaf people hear. He saw lame people walk. And the biggest thing he saw was a little boy raised from the dead. And this little boy was dead, D-E-A-D, he was dead. He was on a a funeral pallet, whatever they are called. But he had no life in him. And he prayed over this little boy, and this little boy was raised from the dead. And he was sharing this, I'm crying. He was at the time, I think he's gone to heaven. I think this gentleman's gone to heaven now. But as he was sharing with me, I'm crying. And I had one question. And that one question was, why don't we see that here? And I'll never forget his big presence. He looks down at me and he said, they don't have medicine. And it was at that moment I realized how often we seek medicine before we ever ask the Holy Spirit what we're to do. And I'm thankful for doctors. I'm thankful for medicine, some medicine. I'm thankful for those things, but shouldn't we ask the Holy Spirit first what our journey is to be? And so when he said those words, it was an indelible mark on my soul. They don't have medicine. And at that point, I made a determination. Lord, I want to know who you are. I want to do what you do. I want to have what you have. I want the Jesus of the Bible manifest in my life. 
And so we're going to look at one particular passage today. This is one of my very favorite people in the Bible. I share very often with her or about her. And I'll tell you another story first. This young woman was the crusade director for Reinhard Bonnke. Reinhard is with the Lord now. But if you studied his ministry at all, you know he had profound miracles. Again, the blind saw, the deaf heard, the lame walked, tumors dissolved in his presence, and the dead were raised. And if you remember him with his German accent, he would say, Africa shall be saved. And toward the end of his life, the Lord sent him to this country. And you know what he said? America shall be saved. And we need that more than ever now, don't we? But the prophetic decree has gone out. The seed is planted and we will have it in Jesus' name. And so she was the crusade director and she, was, she spoke at our women's meeting and she said, I would leave those meetings and from the ground as high as you could look were piles of crutches and wheelchairs and beggar's garments. People came in infirm with horrible afflictions and they left well. And she said, the Lord sent them back to London and she was so depressed because the people that came to church slept through the service. There were no miracles. And she inquired of the Lord about it because she was so upset. Why would you take me out of this miracle ministry and bring me to a place that appeared dead? And the Lord spoke to her, and I'll never forget this. He gave her the scripture from Philippians, forgetting what lies ahead behind and reaching for what lies ahead. I reach for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And the Lord said, I'm not only saying to forget the bad that lies behind, but to forget the good. Because how many of you know, if you live in the past, you will never fulfill your destiny. If you live in what is, what was, instead of what is, you will not fulfill your destiny. If you live in the future, you will not fulfill your destiny. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of their reality. Faith is perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to your senses. And that's Hebrews 11.1 1 in the Amplified Classic. So we're going to look for a moment at the woman with the issue of blood. And I'm going to read the whole passage from Mark chapter 5, 25 through 34. I think it shows in Cindy read an entire book of the Bible. And so I thought, if she can do that, I can read the whole passage. So here you go. There was a woman who had had a flow of blood for 12 years. Now, 12 was the number of government. And that means that governed her, 12 years. And he, she had endured much, suffering under the hands of many physicians. and had spent all she had and was no better, but instead grew worse. Now, we're, we're women in here for the most part, and you know how exhausted you can get during the time of your period if there's heavy bleeding. I mean, you're losing blood, and your life is in the blood. Twelve years, she had bled nonstop. She had sought medical help. She spent all she had, but she got worse. So she was not only sick, she was broke. She needed two miracles, not one. For she kept saying, 
excuse me, she had heard, verse 27, the reports concerning Jesus, and she came up behind him in the throng, and she touched his garment. Now, I want to stop here and say something to you. She touched his garment. We wear his garment. And I hear believers all the time saying, if I could just touch his garment, the man with the garment lives in you. If you've given your heart to Jesus, he lives in you. You don't have to go find a garment to touch. Seek what is within, who is within you. He is the garment. And he's robed you with his righteousness. And if you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, today when we pray, you just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I give you my life. Fulfill my purpose that you created me for. It is not hard. And then get into a good church like this one and study the word of God and become a disciple. That's all there is to it. There's no magic. All right. Verse 29. And immediately... Her flow of blood was dried up at the source. I love that, at the root, whatever was causing it. Let me tell you something, medicine doesn't heal the root. It'll relieve you of the symptoms. I'll give, some of you are going, that isn't true, okay. Well, how many of you have ever had surgery? Raise your hand. After you had surgery, did the doctor come heal you? No, your body had to heal, didn't it? Exactly. And thank God he created us to be healed and to heal. And suddenly she felt in her body that she was healed of her distressing ailment. And Jesus recognizing in himself that power, the power proceeding from him had gone forth. He turned around immediately in the crowd and he said, who touched my clothes? And the, the disciples kept saying to him, you see the crowd pressing hard around you from all sides and you ask who touched me? They had a lot of nerve, don't you think? Still, Jesus kept looking around to see her who had done it. But the woman, knowing she knew, she knew she was healed. She went from believing to knowing, knowing what had been done for her. Though alarmed and frightened and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Why was she alarmed? Because women in their menstrual cycle were not allowed out in public. Now, if you watch those horrible commercials, it makes it seem like a dream. <laughs> Sorry, I have a problem with the media. All right. Not the godly media, but the other one. Oh, now, now I've totally lost my... Oh, here we go. She fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Verse 34, and he said to her, daughter, and if you've been hearing me, you know how the Lord took me from warrior to daughter with a relationship with Father. Your faith has restored you to health. Go in peace and be continually healed and freed from your distressing bodily disease. At Chosen, I shared the, the Weiss translation. He said, cheerful courage, daughter, be having it constantly. Your faith has saved you and the cure is permanent. No relapse into your former condition. Yeah. How many of you would love Jesus to say that to you? Yeah. No relapse. There is not a doctor on earth that can tell you that. But there is a doctor that lives in us that can tell us that. No relapse. 
Another account, Dr. Luke, Luke 8, 48. And he said to her daughter, your faith, your confidence and trust in me has made you well. Go enter into peace, untroubled, undisturbed well-being. The Passion Translation says, daughter, your faith in me has released your healing. I love that. Matthew 9, 22, Jesus turned around and seeing her, he said, take courage, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And at once the woman was restored to health. So let's look at what gave her her miracle. What steps did she follow to receive her miracle? Now, a great man of God, his ministry spanned over six decades, heard the Lord say to him one day, anybody could be healed by following the steps this woman took. So you ready? We'll do it really quickly. In verse 27, it says, she heard the reports. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The first thing she did was she heard the report. In Isaiah 53, in verse 1, the prophet said, who has believed the report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? The arm of the Lord is the strength of the Lord. Who has heard the report? If you want the arm of the Lord revealed to you, you've got to hear the report. You've got to hear the report of the Lord, which is the word of God. So the first thing she did was she heard. Number two, verse 28. She kept saying what she heard. She heard and she said what she heard. When God gives you a promise, you better put it in your heart and put it in your mouth and speak it out loud. She kept saying, I said, Lord, I wonder how many times she said that. I wonder how many times as she was crawling through the crowd, trying to get to Jesus, how many times did she say, if I can only touch his garment? How many times are you saying what God said to you? Because in proportion to that, you will receive. She heard, she said, Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ. And, and Romans 10, 10 says, with the heart man believes and with the mouth he confesses. Your faith is in your heart and in your mouth. When you hear, faith comes, and then when it comes, you need that divine circle to go back to heaven. The word comes down from heaven. The word is Jesus. It goes into the soil of our heart. When we speak it out of our mouth, it returns to him, not void. It will accomplish what he desires, and it will succeed in the matter for which he sent it. She heard, she said. Number three, she did what she said. She did what she said. She did not let the crowd stop her. She did not make any excuses. She did not say, I'm going to get caught. She did not say, I'll never get through. She did not say, what if they can see the blood all over my robes? She did not say, what if it doesn't happen? She held her confession and she did it. She heard the report. She said what she heard and she did it. Faith requires action. Faith without works is dead. I could give you countless examples, but I'm going to give you two that came to my mind and uh, are personal in my life. M uh, many years ago, the Lord spoke to me. I was One day I was sitting in my prayer chair and I was reading uh, Romans 13. And I read these words that I had read many times. But you know, when, when all of a sudden the word becomes alive to you, that's when faith comes. 
You know, we have all these wonderful apps, read the Bible through an ear. Well, I think that's fine, but then you read it as a novel. But when you read it for life and something, you know, you hear the expression, it jumps off the page. What you're really saying is it became alive to me. And so I read that scripture in Romans 13. It says, oh, no man, anything but to love one another. And in the Amplified Classic, it says, uh, keep out of debt. And we had significant debt on our home. But it's what you would call manageable debt. I mean, it was no big deal. We could make the house payment. We had a low interest rate. But I read that, and I knew it was alive to me that God wanted us out of debt. And I thought, okay, Lord, I hear you. I don't think Randy's going to go for this, but I hear you. And so I began to say, Lord, thank you that this house is debt-free. I would walk around my house. I call you debt-free. I say we owe no man anything. And so one day he came home and I said, I just want to share with you what the Lord spoke to me in prayer. And I told him, share the scripture with him, which he knew. And he said, okay. And we did it. We got into agreement with the word of God. And we began to proclaim, we are debt-free. This house is paid off. There was no way for that to happen. Three months later, we had a, what is it called? A, is it called a windfall or a landfall or a windfall? We had a windfall, totally unexpected, literally out of the blue. It was enough to tithe, which is always first. We put God first, pay off our house and take our whole family on a vacation. So, I'm just telling you, if you hear, you say, and you put action to it. And you know, the joke is, I've told this many times, the bank wouldn't let us pay off the house. We sent in a check, they sent it back with some ridiculous reason. Well, my husband's a CPA and a financial advisor, and he's smarter than them. And so he goes, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send in the full amount, less $1,000. Send in the full amount. They had to take it, less $1,000, and the next month, you send in the $1,000 paid. It just shows you, see, they don't want you to pay off your debt because they want the interest. And so we've lived debt-free ever since then, debt-free, and we will continue to do so. I had another thing many years ago. This is back in the 19-something, uh, 1900s. <laughs> I don't remember when. <laughs> I was walking the other day, and, you know, my husband and I both graduated from Texas A&M, and our grandson's at Texas A&M, and my father-in-law was Texas A&M, and so we are Aggies, and I don't want to see any horns, and Julie, if you're here, you better not. Uh, and so I was walking, and, you know, the game, of course, we lost, but uh, there, there was a new guy in the neighborhood just moved in, and there was an Aggie sign. And I said, oh, are you an Aggie? He said, yes. And I said, oh, I'm class of 1975 and my husband's 1974 and my father-in-law was 1941. My grandson's 2026. And when did you graduate? And he said, 2016. And I was like, all of a sudden I felt old and I never feel old. <laughs> but it was just really strange. But so anyway, sometime in the 1900s, I had an accident and uh, I jarred my brain in this accident, and it was, I had the most horrific symptoms. I can't even describe to you. Whole side of my left face went numb, and I'm sure everyone in here has had a dental block at some time. You know, the anesthesia they give you if you're going to have a tooth filled or something, and that's how it felt. My, this whole side felt numb. 
I had no feeling in it. I had, they're called paresthesias, which are uh, tingles all down my arm, all down my left side, all down my leg. And this went on for years. And I was told this is the same mechanism that triggers a seizure. And all that we can do is give you anti-seizure medication, which I was not willing to do because the side effects are pretty brutal. And, but you know what I did do? From the time it happened, I got the word of God every, every time the word spoke to me, every time it became alive to me. And I still have to this day a stack of index cards handwritten with healing scriptures. And I, there wasn't a day that went by that I didn't send God's word back to him. And you know what happened? One day I just realized it was gone. One day all of a sudden I realized it stopped. One day it just wasn't there anymore. I didn't have a flash of lightning. Now I'm going to share something with you when I finish in a few minutes that happened to me yesterday. I've had two supernatural experiences in the last few days. And I believe when I share it with you, you're going to embrace it as yours. Hear the word of God. Say what God says and do something. Sometimes it means like if Pastor Rick gives an altar call, come up. When he says confess, confess the word. But you know what the fourth thing she did was? Oh, wait a minute. I want to share a scripture with you. Um, Romans 4.20 about Abraham. Excuse me. No unbelief or distrust made him waver or doubtingly question concerning the promise of God. He grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. Do you understand what a miracle? He not only had to believe God to resurrect Sarah's womb and her ovaries and the seeds in her ovaries. I mean, you know what menopause means? It means you ain't got eggs left. This was a miracle on many counts. He had to give her eggs back. And there were no blue pills. Abraham had to believe God too. This was a miracle. But the Bible says he didn't even waver. And because he didn't waver, he grew strong in faith. Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. She heard, she said, she did. And the fourth thing that happened, she testified. Lately, I have been getting uh, direct messages, etc., of people that I haven't seen in years and there, I just want to tell you, you changed my life. I just want to tell you about this miracle that happened when you prayed for me. I don't even know how half of these people are. I had this miracle happen, and I'm thinking, and you waited all these years to testify? No, 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 she testified. And you're going to see that throughout the miracles in the gospel. People testified, and the Bible says his fame blazed abroad. Tell people when Jesus does something for you, it will help you retain your miracle status. It will. It will. But no, the devil comes in and, and he was like, oh, what if you lose it? Oh, no. That's the liar. Don't eat the fruit of lies. Never eat the fruit of lies. You hear it, you say it, you do it, and you testify. Don't say what the storm says. The storm has a voice. Never repeat the storm. You will fail when you give up. When you quit is when you fail. Don't deny the faithfulness of Jesus. His name, Revelation 19.11, is called faithful and true. He is faithful. Thank you, Lord. So we're going to end, and then I'm going to tell you about my supernatural experiences. Your miracle is in the persistence. It is in direct proportion 
to the persistence of your faith. Period. This woman persisted. So let's read the story in Luke 11. This is one of my favorite stories. I absolutely love it. And I want to say something to you. You either walk on water or you learn to swim. One of the two. You either walk on water or you learn to swim. Because if you don't, you'll drown. The waves, the storm will drown you. I had, we, Randy and I, uh, one time we went to a, a display of the Titanic. How many of you have ever gone? I think they traveled the nation. We were in another state. And you literally, it has everything, and it has a roster of who did not survive and who did survive. Every room is an exact replica of the Titanic. And you walk through all these rooms, and they have all the paraphernalia and all this. And then you go outside, and it's a replication of the temperature on that fateful night. Does everybody know what the Titanic was? I see so many young people, I'm not sure. And, and the ocean waters, exact replica. And when you go out, you can feel the water splashing up on you. And it is ice cold. I mean, ice cold. I couldn't wait to get out of there. I mean, I wanted to go back in the 100 degrees. It was that cold. And it was a way just to feel the storm and the way the storm speaks to you. You're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. You're not going to make it. God's word isn't true. You're going to die. Whose report will you believe? It's never going to happen. You'll never get out of debt. You're never going to get well. Your relationship's never going to be restored. Whose report will you believe? I believe the report of the Lord. Luke eleven five. And Jesus said to them, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and will say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. And by the way, in the scripture, bread is not only the word of God, bread is also healing. Read about the Syrophoenician woman and her daughter. For a friend of mine who is on a journey has just come and I have nothing to put before him. And he from within will answer, do not disturb me. The door is now closed. These are the most important words in this passage. The door is closed. Do you understand he said no? Well, sometimes God says yes and sometimes God says no. What do you do? Well, if God says no for your benefit, that's one thing. Now, not where his promise is concerned because all the promises are yes. But you want to marry this, you know, hunk of hunk of burning love and God might say no, it's not going to end well. You might want a certain job and God says, no, this is not the job for you. Those are good things. The door is now closed and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and supply you with anything. I tell you, although he will not get up and supply him anything because he is his friend, because of his shameless persistence and insistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and keep on asking and it shall be given you. Seek, keep on seeking and you will find. Knock, keep on knocking and the door shall be open to you. For everyone, say everyone. Everyone who asks and keeps on asking receives. He who seeks and keeps on seeking finds. He who knocks and keeps on knocking, the door shall be open. I don't know how you can deny the words of Jesus Christ. Why did this friend get what he was bugging his other friend for, even though the door was closed? Because he didn't quit. 
He heard, he said, he did, and he got. Because he was shameless, insistent, and persistent in his faith. Psalm 1837, this is really good. I pursued my enemies and overtook them. Neither did I turn again until they were consumed. When did he stop? When his enemies were consumed. I pursued, I overtook, I did not turn back until, period. All right, so I'm going to tell you, well, I want to give you a, just a holy promise. I just love this. This is from the Passion. It's John 16, 23. Here is the eternal truth. When that time comes, you won't need to ask me for anything. And the time he's talking about is after he ascended to the Father and the Holy Spirit came to, to dwell in us. So the time is here. But instead, you will go directly to the Father and ask him for anything you desire, and he will give it to you because of your relationship with me. Until now, you've not been bold enough to ask the Father for a single thing in my name, but now you can ask and keep on asking, and you can be sure that you will receive what you ask for, and your joy will have no limits when, when your prayers are answered. It delights the Father to answer our prayers. And it gives you limitless joy. And I'm having it. I'm telling you, I am having it. And I will not quit. I refuse to quit. My feet are, are steadfast. I am a pit bull in my faith. I will not let go. I'm like Jacob. I won't let you go till you bless me. I won't let you go till this prayer is answered. I will not let you go. I will not. I will not. I will not. All doubt roots in fear. All doubt. It roots in the fear that God is not faithful. So I'm going to tell you a story. And you might think this is a little strange, but I like being strange. The other night I was walking, <clears throat> and I came to an intersection in my neighborhood. I, I walk just about every night. I love to walk. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I'm just telling you, Two of the most beautiful red birds I've ever seen, they were not cardinals, came. And they were so close to me that if I reached out, I could have touched them. And they hovered in the air just for a few seconds. They were just right in front of me. And I just stopped and I watched. And all of a sudden, they kissed like this, turned around and disappeared. I'm not talking about I could watch them fly off in the distance. They disappeared. Are you hearing me? They disappeared. And I kept looking, what happened? What just happened? I said, Lord, what just happened? And I knew he was speaking to me. And so I, of course, the first thing I did is Google redbirds. <laughs> and there is a bird that very much resembled these. It's called Tanager, I think, T-A-N-A-G-E-R. And they're indigenous to the Southwest, which is where we live. And they very much resembled. I meant to have it put on the screen, but I forgot. So forget it. But I saw, I started praying. And the next day, it was brought to my remembrance again. And I said, Lord, what did that mean? It meant something. I've never seen two birds just hover together, kiss and disappear. And red birds, red birds. And I heard, had to go find it. I heard this scripture. Are you ready? Because I believe this is what the Lord Jesus is promising to us today. Psalm 85.10, mercy 
Say mercy. And loving kindness and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. I know those, were, those birds represented righteousness and peace. Truth shall spring up from the earth, and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yes, here's a yes, the Lord will give what is good. The Lord will give what is good. The Lord will give you your healing. The Lord will give you your breakthrough. The Lord will give you your provision. The Lord will give you your peace. The Lord will give you your joy back. The Lord will supply all your need. The Lord will give what is good. And our land will yield its increase. Righteousness shall go before him. And shall make his footsteps a way in which to walk. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. God is not withholding from you. I don't care what anybody's experience is. God is not withholding from you. And yesterday... I was praying, I was coming to the end of my prayer time, and uh, I had my eyes closed, and all of a sudden, on the screen of my spirit, I saw, as clearly as I see you, a puff of smoke. And I went, what was that? What does that mean, a puff of smoke? So I Googled it. There are times that it's good to Google. Not all the time, but sometime. And it said, a puff of smoke is symbolic of something vanishing and disappearing. And many of you need something in your life now to vanish, like a puff of smoke. So I'm going to ask the prayer team to come forward right now, please. And as they do, if that's you, if you very much need something that you have been saying, hearing, saying, this is your doing. The agreement of prayer. Because I believe that what I saw yesterday on the screen of my spirit is what God is getting ready to do for you. It's going to vanish like a puff of smoke. So come on forward, and I'm going to pray over the whole group, but you come forward. These are anointed people that will pray in faith for you, just like that woman with the issue. They hear, they say, they do. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you that righteousness and peace have kissed each other. And I proclaim over this audience that their right standing with God will bring peace, wholeness into their lives to kiss, and that your righteousness will make their footsteps a way in which to walk. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that they're getting ready to experience what is troubling them vanish like a puff of smoke. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting ChosenEssay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.